URC Youth Trialogue. Free people, free questions, free values. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our first episode of season two of URC Youth Trialogue. My name is Tom Hackett. I'm your host for this evening, and I'm joined by our three panellists who I'll invite now to introduce themselves. So um, we will start with um, Stuart. Could you introduce us, please? Uh, yeah, my name is Stuart Radcliffe. I'm uh, a minister in the United Reformed Church, currently working as the missional discipleship enabler, and that's not easy to say, uh, for Mersey Synod, um, and I'm based here in Chester, uh, in Cheshire. Um, I guess in relation to mountaintop experiences, I'm also a festival operations manager for Greenbelt. I'm part of the volunteer development team at Greenbelt as well. Okay, thanks, Stuart. And Julia? Hi, I'm Julia. I'm the Southern Synod Youth Rep. Uh, I go to college in London and my church is at Wallington URC. Okay, thank you. And Tamara. Hello, I'm Tamara. I am a wellbeing and safeguarding officer at a local college. I'm captain of my um, girls' brigade. Um, and I suppose linked to mountaintop experiences, I've been to what was Fury Assembly many times, General Assembly, Girls' Brigade events, and um, I've attended and helped plan our Synod um, event that was called MMM uh, back in the day. So, yeah. Great. Thank you. So welcome to all of you, or to all of our panellists, and welcome to this evening's conversation, and welcome to all of our viewers, whether watching live or watching back at a later date. Um, we have our three panellists, and we'll be inviting each of our panellists to share their own views and opinions on tonight's topic. Um, and this is a time to explore together and learn from each other. So we hope that you will be encouraged and challenged by tonight's conversation and that will be a useful tool to help you um, to help you explore um, the bible together um, as well we want you to get involved too there's information on the, your screen about how you can get involved involved by sending in your comments and questions for the panelists you can do that via the slider and the instructions are on your screen um, so we're going to start with a time of prayer so let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for enabling us to gather together this evening for this conversation, for the technology that enables us, although we are across the UK, to be able to be together. Guide our conversations this evening as we explore the theme of mountaintop moments. Be with each of our panelists as they share their thoughts and guide this conversation, both for our panelists and for our viewers at home as they're sending in their comments and questions. Help it to be a fruitful conversation. In 2020. Amen. Okay, so as we said, tonight's um, theme is about mountaintop moments, and we're looking at, at that in particular in the context of festivals and events um, and we are looking at the passage of Exodus 34. So before we start our discussion I'm going to give a brief overview of Exodus 34 perhaps for those who if and if you've got your Bibles you may want to have a look at it and have that out this evening um, to reflect on that while you are listening to the conversation. So Exodus 34 focuses on um, Moses and his mountaintop experience on Mount Sinai. It begins um, with Moses, the Lord speaking to Moses and telling him to, be, to prepare to go to Mount Sinai and to take the tablets with him to prepare to go in the morning. And he's specifically told to go by himself, that he should go alone. And he's even told that there should not be any animals there either. Once he's there, the Lord, Moses has a mountaintop experience with the Lord. The Lord comes to him in a cloud and Moses worships the Lord. And he is there for 40 days um, with the Lord and receives lots of commands and messages from the Lord, which we come to know as the Ten Commandments. After the 40 days, it comes to the time for Moses to come down from the mountain. And when he comes down, the people see Moses 
that he has a glow on his face, that he looks different. Moses isn't aware of this, but the others, when they see him, see that he has a glow and are scared to see him as well. Um, so when we look at this passage, we can think about the literal mountaintop moment. We can think about what it means to us in our lives as well. And we'll be thinking about how that relates to feasts, to festivals and events, which are often significant moments and times where people have experiences with God and develop in their faith journeys. So there's lots for us to think about around this passage. Remember, you can get involved and send in your questions as well via Slido, and we will start with the first question for this evening. So our first question that was put to the panellists was, what are the most important parts of this passage for you? Um, so I will start by asking um, Stuart to share his thoughts on that, please. Thanks, Tom. Um, I kind of like the bit where Moses gets the commandments, and I think Typically, we've always thought this passage is just kind of like a set of rules and regulations that we now have to kind of live by. And, and I think it's got a kind of really bad press on, on that. But I think these are kind of um, instructions on, on a way to live in harmony, not just with God, with, but with one another. Um, and, and it's about entering into a relationship. And I think for me, it's about Moses going up to that mountaintop and being open to what God might say and learning to take all the good bits and the positive bits, you know, about uh, that we should do, as well as some of the stuff that um, is perhaps a little bit more challenging for us. And I think that kind of goes into our lives. So we've got to be open um, to the possibility of meeting with God in all kinds of different places. Um, and I think if we're open to meeting with God, then the chance of it happening increases significantly than, than just if we're closed off. But also to accept that when God speaks to us in that moment, that there might be a challenge placed before us. You know, ultimately, as we read on in this passage, um, Moses has to go down the mountain again. And going down the mountain, that's kind of when all the hard work starts for him. That's when he's got to take these messages that are going to upset people to, to those who are waiting to hear what's happened. So, yeah, he's mm -hmm. changed, he's transformed, but he comes down with, you know, right, guys, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news as well. And it's kind of doing both sides uh, of that coin and, and really making sure... So I like that idea of, um, of a covenant about listening to God, but then also being prepared to act on the stuff, even if it means some, uh, some difficult choices for us. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Stuart. Um, Julia, would you like to share your thoughts on what were the most important parts for you? Um, I really liked that when... Um, I felt like the Lord gave Moses strength to stay with him for 40 years and 40 nights. And the fact that um, he was able, God was able to give him the strength to stay there and be with him and just sort of understand the Ten Commandments and write them down, I think was really incredible. And I think that that can be portrayed in life, really, because... Um, like God, when I've been to different events, I felt like God's given me strength to do different things in the URC and to carry on with my faith when I felt a bit shaky or a bit worried. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Julia. And Tamara, it'd be good to hear your thoughts. Um, I found the passage quite frustrating. I it, and I think it's really interesting how people uh how we all perceive perceive things differently um when we go to big events um part of the reason why we get so much out of it is because they are so inclusive we don't turn people away it doesn't matter where you are in your faith journey whether you've not even got on the bus perhaps you're just standing at the bus stop you might be um far on um and we encourage all people and to me it just felt like God was saying you can't talk to this person and you can't talk to that person. Whereas later on in the Bible, um, we're told to love our neighbours and not to judge people. Um, but I really liked it when, so that's sort of like a little bit negative, but also you can turn it into a positive that later on in the Bible, God sort of, he doesn't change his mind about things, but he moves on with time just like we do. Mm -hmm. and um to be accepting of people and i think the more accepting you are of 
God and everybody else, the more likely you are to have um, a mountaintop experience. But I like the bit where he came down from the mountain and he was glowing. Um, Because when you've been to um, a festival or an event, even if it's just a weekend away or a sleepover with your youth club, you feel almost refreshed and you may you might not actually be glowing but you feel like you're glowing on the inside and it said that Moses put um, a cover on his face um, so that people didn't see that until next time he saw God but we sort of need to do the opposite and not cover it up and and show people and share um, our love of God um, and the experiences that we've had on on the weekends how however big or small it is some people have massive mountaintop um, experiences some people have little molehill um, experiences and um, we need to be accepting um, yeah. of all of those and don't um, like put people down because they haven't had a mountaintop experience yeah okay yeah. thank you um, so yeah it's good to hear your initial thoughts of what you thought was the most important if those that are watching at home, it'll be good to hear your thoughts as well. And if that's, um, if you've got any comments or questions based on what you've heard, um, then please do send them in via Slido. We want this to be your show and to hear the questions that, that you have as well. So that's your opportunity to get involved. Um, before we move on to the next question, I wonder having, to the panelists, having heard the reflections from the others, do any of you have any other thoughts or comments to add or reflections? on what the other people have said, things that you might want to come back to the others on. I think it was really interesting just listening to what Tamara said about um, kind of the beginning, about challenges of being on your own. And it's just thinking of thoughts off on me that, you know, I can think, and I, I think back to my kind of call to ministry, and I can remember being at Spring Harvest, and um, there must have been thousands of people there around me. But actually in that moment, I felt as if I was on my own with God. And that, that God was just kind of exclusively speaking to me. And I kind of hope God was speaking to other people at the same time as well. But but in that moment, it felt just like at the beginning of that passage, but I'd not taken anybody else with me. I was there on my own. And I, I not kind of noticed that in the passage, really, until you just kind of mentioned it. And, and I wonder um, whether there is any parallels for us to draw between that, between that moment of being at any kind of an event, um, you know, surrounded by loads of people. But it's that moment you feel kind of that sense of God speaking directly to you and, and everything else is shut off. And, you know, there's some of the kind of really special moments, I think. Okay, thanks, Stuart. Any other thoughts? Okay. Um, so we've had a comment coming through. Um, so it's in relation to um, someone has picked up on something that Tamara had said. So they'd said that they think Tamara's right when when we have met with God, people should be able to tell it and should and it should show. So that's in relation to the 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 face glow and how he was covering it up with the veil, that we should be other people should be able to know when we've done that and we should be showing it. Um, another comment as well has come in. Um, so Moses went up to the mountain ready to listen to God and then to come down the mountain needing to get ready to do the, the hard work. When How is this similar to returning to our local church communities? So, yeah, the fact that Moses had to come down afterwards, are they they're reflecting that there's parallels to perhaps coming back from events and how that can be similar to returning back to our local churches? Um, how effective do you think our local churches are when welcoming back young people from festivals and events and enabling them to share their experiences and being open to the change within the local community as a result? So, yeah, reflection around the mountaintop experiences that young people might have at these big events. How effective do we think our local churches are and how can we enable young people um, to share their experience and be open to change? Any thoughts on that? I think I think sometimes going back to our local churches is a bit like going down the mountain. You as you when you go on a walk, as you generally on the way back, sometimes you're reflecting things and you're thinking, oh no, how a church gonna listen to this? You might be the only young person in that church. And so it might be quite a worrying, 
a worrying time. Um, but at the same time, so I remember once, and actually Tom was there, we had been on a weekend away where we um, um, we sort of learned how to take services, how to plan a service and how to do them. And from that, a group of us then went out to our local churches as a group and and did this particular service. And then some of us were then asked to come back. So it, sometimes it is scary to start off, but once you start telling people, oh, I had, I had such an amazing time, people want to listen because it's, it's positive, it's, it's good news. And then they might say, oh, can you come and tell this person or this church? It's just taking, taking that, that step forward and being brave, which Moses was. I expect he was proper... Um, trying to think of a polite way to put it, proper pooing himself, um, is up there by himself. These, are, these days, as a child, you're told not to go off by yourself, not to talk to strange people, not to keep secrets. And yet there he was up on a mountain all by himself. There wasn't even a sheep for company. So he must have been absolutely petrified. And sometimes when we go to an event and we're the only young person there, it is really, really scary. Um, I've no idea what I'm on about, and I'll do this a lot. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's about being brave. Be like <laughs> Moses. Be brave. Just take that that step forward on the on your way down from the mountain, on your way back from the event, from the festival. Think about think about how you're going to um, share your experiences and who you're going to share them with. Because sometimes that's that's important who you share them with you want to share them with the right people who... yeah absolutely so it ties in with what that person had said again about people should notice what has happened and i think the example you gave about the youth worship that was a way of really encouraging the young people um and using their skills that they'd learned at that as well and enabling and equipping young and empowering the young and we met a lot of other new people along the way yeah. Who we got to share our stories with too. So it was pretty cool. So, yeah. It would be good to bring Stuart and Julia in. Have you got any thoughts about how the churches can support um, young people as they return from their mountaintop moments? Uh, I think I was quite lucky because the first time I went to youth assembly, um, my church rep was actually really interested in finding out what I did and what I learned. And I got time to reflect on that. And how I had a short time in the service um, where I could talk to my church about what happened and how I felt and what it was like and why people, you should encourage young people to go to youth assembly. And during that year, I took time to reflect and think about what had happened and how I connected with God. And um, the year after, because I missed one assembly, but the year after I chose to become a youth rep. And I think um, having that time to reflect and share with other people and see the good things that happen when you do share and how it strengthens other people's faith, but also your faith is really important too. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks, Julia. Stuart, why are you? I uh, I remember being 16 years old and I'd been to a couple of youth events and different things and I met somebody from my local church and I was like a like a runaway train I was so filled with everything that's gone on and I told them and you know a big smile across my face and my response to me at the time was well just remember it won't always be like this sometimes you're going to be really miserable and um, I kind of thought it just sucked all that life and enthusiasm that transformation that was talked about this passage was kind of sucked out of me in one kind of comment so I think as churches, let's just take these transformed young people and allow them to breathe life and energy and transformation into our churches, which is so often we complain and lacking of all those things. And, and to say to come back from these great events filled with, uh, filled with the spirit of God and say, come on, you come and be part of the transformation of our churches. Um, I just think it's a great opportunity. And if we don't seize that, then we're really missing out breathing life into the church. And I think it can come so much from our young people. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, we've had some more comments and questions in. So one of them is reflecting about the fact 
on the fact that Moses was alone during his mountaintop experience. So one of our viewers has said, I'm sure Moses had a hard time sharing his mountaintop experience with others because they weren't there. How can we share our experiences with young people who can't go to events or take up opportunities? Yes, and what about those who aren't able to attend our festivals and events? How can we um, share experiences with them? Has anyone got anything to share on that? I think that's an interesting reflection, really, particularly this year when um, all of us have been um, unable to uh, make um, any sort of festival and events at the moment anyway. Mm. Um, you know, I, I should have been really busy last weekend being involved in Green Mountain, of course, I was just sat at home um, time twiddling my thumbs. And so I engaged with stuff online. I looked at some of the social media. I connected with people in those kind of ways. And, and I guess that's an advantage of the age that we live in today that we can share some of that experience um, in, you know, in other ways. Uh, my wife uh, lectures in event management at a university degree. And, um, you know, they look at how uh, events now aren't just centered in what happens when everybody's together, how that's kind of cascades out to other people. And I wonder if there's ways we can do that to make that more, make our events more inclusive and less exclusive. Okay, thank you. I was thinking similar to Stuart that um, during these last few months, we've learned a lot about um, being more inclusive to those that, that can't make their way to um, church, an event, a festival, or whatever, and so hope, I'm hoping that going forward, that's one of the positives that 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 comes out of all of this. That more people will be able to share in um, experiences, whether they're there or not. Whether it's shared, uh, people um, share their own comments of what they're doing on Facebook, or whether it's something like this where several people can can share, or whether it's a live link. Um, into what what's happening um, I think that there are actually really exciting times um, coming up and so we need to be positive about that okay. Thanks Tamara Julia, have you got any thoughts on, on that? Uh, social media definitely I know that um, youth, uh, youth exec is a lot more active on social media now and we have people behind that who are really um, making sure that we have active posts and stuff. I think that's really good. And the fact that we're moving forward in things like Trilog and um, more accessible worship sessions on YouTube. I think that's really good. I feel like that should be carried on. Yeah. Great, thank you. Um, we're getting yeah, lots of comments and questions in tonight. So thank you for everyone who who is sending them in via Slido. Um, we've had a comment about, um, in relation to what Julia's experience. So someone has said how uh, Julia is really fortunate to have support from a local church, providing an opportunity for her to reflect and share her learning. Um, and saying that this should be the model and example for other churches to be open, to learn from the experiences of our young people. Um, so yeah, thinking about how we can um, create opportunities for people to share, reflect on it as well. Um, and another question we've had in touches on some of the things that you've mentioned, where Julia mentioned social media, Stuart mentioned the online things at Greenbelt that has taken place this last weekend. So someone has asked the question, can you have a mountaintop experience online? Nice, short question, this one. Do you think that we can have, it's possible to have a mountaintop experience online? I think that um, quarantine has really showed that you can do that because um, God is like everywhere. He's not just in church. The building doesn't mean anything. You could be anywhere and God could talk to you or guide you somewhere. That could be your gut instinct or your thoughts. I think that you can genuinely have a connection with God anywhere and it's really accessible. Well, not always accessible. Like I, I haven't had a mountaintop moment, but you know, I've had times when I really feel like I've had a gut instinct where I've had to move forward in a certain way. And mm. yeah, I think it is accessible online. Okay, thanks Julia. Cause you, 
you don't have to be at an event. Um, you don't have to be with other people. Moses was by himself. You could be walking down the street. You could be in the countryside. You could be in town and see something. And all of a sudden that strikes something in you that, that gets you thinking and that, that sparks it off. Or it could be even something simple as just reading before you go to bed and it doesn't have to be the bible it can be anything and and something just in the back of your head all of a sudden something makes sense mm-hmm. um so do you think that could also be online as well then it could be online it could be anywhere it could be on the toilet <laughs> who knows <laughs> okay <laughs> who knows tomorrow uh Stuart, what is your thought do you think you yeah can, like, I, 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 I definitely think you can. I, I kind of think, I just reflected on it. I mean, so it's, quite, it's, it's quite a hard question to answer, really. But as I thought about it, I thought I think I had a bit of an online mountaintop experience on Saturday evening because um, normally at Greenbelt, the nature of the job I do, I always miss beer and hymns, which is kind of, I just think, a great celebration of, uh, of mm. people coming together. And so I, uh, I watched beer and hymns online at Greenbelt. And actually, I found it incredibly powerful as um, just watching clips of, uh, they did it quite well. They showed clips of people from previous festivals singing songs. And they, they had a clip of, um, they did Amazing Grace. And I just felt that I don't just really, really connected with me, with me in that moment. And I just think, well, that was just online. I was sat um, sat with some of the family around the dining room table, watching it on, on a laptop and still somehow that kind of God spoke and challenged me through that online experience. So yeah, of course you can have mountaintop experiences online, um, you know, in different kinds of ways. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think the experience of lockdown has really forced forced people to go online, but also it's forced new approaches of doing things. So actually our traditional models, if we're looking at festivals and events, which are your big summer festivals because they've not been able to take place, and people have had to find other ways of connecting and having those moments as well. And, and so it'd be interesting to see what continue, which of those continue and what it, what it might look like going forward and how that might change things going forward as well. Okay, thank you. So we still get, we've got another question as well coming in. Um, so how can you stop the low feeling after you have have experienced such a high following one of these festivals? So I think that's something that often people can relate to. You go to one of these big events and it's a big experience, but coming back, it can mean that you're left um, on a low afterwards. Um, yeah, how can you stop that? Or what tips would you give around how um, of how to respond to that? I think um, keeping, if you've gone with other people, it's so important to keep in contact um, with those people because those people shared maybe not exactly the same experience um, but some of the experience um, often when we go back to our, our um, local churches um, it can feel quite lonely because they weren't there they didn't experience it so by keeping in contact and um, and you're almost keeping the passion alive um, yeah. by um, talking about it with the people um, that sh- that shared the experience with you, I think that's important. But also by telling people, you're keeping the fire going inside you because you're you're spreading the fire because you're passing it on to somebody else. Um, so definitely talking about it, whether it's with um, people who have experienced it with you or or sharing your experience with other people. If you if you just sit at home and be like, oh yeah, I had a good time and oh, now I'm by myself, that's when it gets um, a bit down. So you have to keep keep the fire going, keep keep talking about it, keep blowing into that fire. Yeah. And maybe, especially so when you're saying about people being on your own, like online would be an example again. Of mm, definitely. definitely. Lots of the thing for many people, it's been online because we've not been able to see people face-to-face. Yeah. And, still... and these days now, you, you can actually see people. Mm-hmm. So back in the day... Um, you could just like text somebody and it was a bit like, oh, but now you can actually see the people that you went with and, and yeah. almost feel like, I feel like I'm in a room with 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 you three. 
it's it's really strange uh, but definitely with links into the online thing that the that before but okay. yeah, definitely keep keep your fire burning and, and Mara, fire. back in the day for some of us it was writing letters can i just say yeah i used to do that too <laughs> I, i'm i'm that old <laughs> You have, what are your thoughts on it? How we can, how you can stop, or how, how yeah, or how we can respond to that low feeling afterwards? Um, my first thoughts were, um, if you can figure that one out, then just let me know. Um, yeah, that'd be great because, you know, I'm not sure you can completely. If you've had an amazing time, you know, um, I'm not sure you can completely get rid of that kind of feeling of, well, that was over. Um, you know. Um, but I, I was kind of struck, and I don't stretch the metaphor metaphor too far, but, you know, when you have your mountaintop experience, if you're climbing up a mountain, the least amount of time is spent at the top. The most amount of time is spent struggling going up and then going back down again. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of think it, it's to remember that when you're in the valley, God's still got purpose for your life that God's still got something for you to do. And it's almost that that is for hard work. That is sharing the message. That is showing people how you've been transformed. And in the hope that people see that you've been transformed by whatever it is, that might bring that kind of high back again that reminds you of how you've been significantly changed by the event that you've been part of, how that mountain top uh, moment has changed you. Um, and that brings some of that high back a bit. But I think there is a struggle. But just, you know, just to remember that even in the valley, that God's still calling you and God's still um, got, got purpose and work for you to do. Okay, thank you. And Julia, what are your thoughts? Would you have any advice to give? Um, I think I think the lows aren't, are they, like they're not amazing, but it's a good time to reflect on what you've done. And maybe you could um, help, like go to another event. So like I know, again, Youth Assembly, there's other youth events you can go to and you can meet those people that you've met at Youth Assembly again at those um, meetings. So you could still keep in contact with those people and then go to those events and then meet them regularly that way. It doesn't have to end just because you've not gone, like you, you've not gone to the festival or something like that. Or you could even like take part in trying to help out. So volunteering as well, I think is a really good way because that way you're also spreading the fire, as Tamara said. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, thank you for everybody who sent in questions. Please do keep sending them in. We want to hear what your thoughts are. Maybe something you've heard during this discussion, maybe something from the Bible passage that um, that stands out to you or a question that you have from it. Um, send it and we will try and get through as many of your questions as we can. Um, so we're going to go back to the um, Exodus Bible passage now. And one of the questions that you were sent before the discussion as well was around what are the parts that you found difficult or challenging in the passage? Um, so um, tomorrow, would you like to start us off by sharing um, yeah, your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think I said before, I found the whole thing quite challenging because it was the things that he was told not to do. I just thought it it was um, like the total total opposite of of what we're told to do: to be inclusive, to um, talk to people that we wouldn't necessarily talk to, even if they're not the same religion as you. You shouldn't be like, "Oh well, you're you're like from a different religion. Shimmy on off." Um, we need to talk to all people and. So is that um, and that from that he was sent by himself then you felt quite yeah, not that he was sent by himself the things that he was told he was told not to um not to talk to people of certain religions don't talk to this person don't talk to that person don't eat the goat when it's been in um cooked in his milk in his mum's milk <laughs> Um, all strange things, but it, it wasn't to me, it didn't feel very inclusive. And right. so I found that that quite hard, especially as later on in the Bible, it, it changes and we're told not to judge people and to, to love one another. So I found that quite challenging. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Um, Julia, what were your thoughts? Um, I agree with Tamara. 
because I know there was one bit that I found quite shocking. It was like, it said, smash the sacred pillars. And I think that aggressiveness was quite difficult for me because I don't think that um, attacking people and their faith and what they love is the right way to go, especially as we're taught differently in the New Testament. And for me, that was really difficult. Okay. Thanks, Julia. Let's do it. I think um, for me, it's as much in what's not said as what is said that's kind of difficult right at the end of the passage when we've got that uh, experience of um, Moses coming down and people see he's transformed. And I kind of wonder the pressure that must have, in a sense, been on him now as people are kind of saying to him, okay, what's he going to tell us? Where's he going to lead us now? What's going to happen? And and that must have been quite a challenge. And uh, said earlier, you know, there's some good news and there's some bad news. And and how does um, how does a little bit about what we've been talking about before about how do we take that experience and share it with others? How does he take this change and this challenge that he's been given and enthuse others about it to take um, to take them with him on the continuing journey that they went on together? You know, how does he kind of do that? I think that that idea of challenge that lay before him must have been so kind of daunting and overwhelming. And, um, and almost paralyzing if you're not careful, you know, um, that, it, that it stops you from, from going forward with all that you want to do. Okay, thank you. Uh, great, so we've had another comment um, come in um, reflecting on the previous question about how we can, um, about how to deal with the low feeling after events and someone said reflected give it saying that um giving time in groups towards the end of an event to plan what they're going to do next can be helpful so planning in within that event structuring about yeah how are you going to respond what are you going to do next on the back of it um could be there or so doing that at events or planning that structure in yourself what can you be what what would be your next step how are you going to respond on that, of, of that event too I think that's a really good idea because um, often you, you're struggling and, and thinking, how am I, how am I going to go back and tell everybody? And if you've got a little bit, if you're doing it in a group and other people are giving their ideas and you're supporting each other, you, you sort of feel, um, I can't think of the word. So also you, you feel like rallied on. Everybody's like cheering you on to, to, to share it and giving your ideas of, of how to do it. Cause what one, one per, how one person might might share it isn't necessarily the same um, as another person so it, it's good to reflect um, and also it gives you the opportunity to think um, what what were the what were the great bits because um, sometimes we have to remember as well that sometimes when we're at events we might have a, an actual rubbish time but um, talking to everybody might remind you do you know what actually I did have a good time and there, there was just that one moment that that was really great and and sometimes you need that at the end of a um um an event yeah um, to, to just sort of like push you on push you forward you need someone to be poking you yeah thanks tomorrow um so when we are relating this to to festivals and events I wonder if any of you, and the mountaintop experience, I wonder if any of you have, I know we mentioned earlier about mountaintop experiences can be very different and it might not be a literal mountaintop experience like Moses. I wonder, have any of you got a time, anything that you would like to reflect on where you might have had your own personal mountaintop moment or a connection with God, like a significant time that in your faith journey? whether that's at an event or elsewhere i can't say that i've had like um a, a mountaintop experience but i don't think that's a bad thing we shouldn't put pressure on ourselves to to have a mountaintop experience some people go through life and they might have several life um mountaintop experiences but other people might not have any or or they might not think that what they've experienced is a mountaintop experience and we shouldn't put pressure on ourselves to mm -hmm. to experience these these things i don't know if anybody saw a story in the news just on uh, easter 
um, on the at least uh, on the uh, August bank holiday Monday um, about some climbers that had climbed Snowdon and it was so busy that to stand at the top and touch a bit at the top you had to form a queue uh, and one guy decided not to form the queue uh, to stay in the queue but push past everybody and talk to the front and it started on a, a bit of a fight at the top of this mountain crack I mean I don't have uh, the energy to to talk never mind fight anybody once I reach the top of the mountain but they are this kind of happened and I kind of thought you know and somebody had put a comment on social media for goodness sakes why so many people trying to climb Snowden there's so many other good mountains just climb one of those instead and I kind of thought you know that's got a real point in it in this context that We've got to be careful that we don't all think that everybody should share our own mountaintop experience. And for, for different people, it's different. You know, Tamara said earlier, some people's mountaintop experiences are just the size of a molehill. But if it's kind of changed who they are, then we need to, to give value and um, to, to that experience. And I think for me, my mountaintop experiences, I can't say, well, at such an event, at such a time, this kind of thing happened. I think there was a series of mountaintop experiences, like perhaps perhaps little hills rather than mountaintops, that kind of drove me and pushed me forward to, to, to make kind of life-changing decisions. And I think without any one of those, it wouldn't have moved me on. I don't know, if you, if you climb a hill, you know, sometimes you get up and you think, finally, I've reached the top. And you get to the top and then you see another hill and, and you kind of do that. And for me, it was a little bit like that. Um, every time I thought I'd reach the top, there was something else. But each one was taking me further to where I believe God was calling me to go. So that would be kind of be my reflection. Um, but it, but I think it was about being open to God right at the beginning. You know, Moses goes being prepared to be open to what God might have to say. And I think that's the important thing, that wherever we go, um, we've got to be able to listen. Um, yeah. I remember words of uh, Richard Foster, an American theologian, who said... Um, but people often asked him, why was it when he was at big Christian events that, that God spoke to him more than anywhere else? And he reflected and said, it's not that God spoke anymore else. It was just that he stopped and listened. And I think that we've got to, to do that as well. We've got to stop and listen um, in, on more occasions to hear what God might say to us. I think that every, uh, every event that I've been to, whether it just be um, a, a day, a night, a weekend or even when I've been on Girls Brigade camps for a whole week, each one of those has had a different impact on me and the, it makes you a slightly different person when you, when, when you come back from them. And uh, Moses was by himself. For me, I prefer to be with other people and that's where I get my experiences from, from being with being with other people and from sharing it with other people um but again we're all different and i think it's it's really good that um we all have different experiences and we experience them differently as well yeah, yeah. That's great. um julia have you got any thoughts to add on on this one about experiences you might have had i don't think i've had a mountaintop experience but um, when I was younger, I know that I hated the church. I hated everything about the church just because I was brought up um, in a Korean church and it's very um, strong and people are very passionate about um, their faith, which is fine, but it really wasn't for me. And I went to the Southern Synod Youth Camp. I think I was 13 or 14 and I felt included and I felt like this isn't forced upon me this isn't like you have to believe in this it's just you're here that's great let's make you part of something mm -hmm. and I think that really gave me not a mountaintop experience maybe a molehill but I thought well maybe Christianity isn't that bad maybe believing God isn't that bad maybe he is a good person maybe it doesn't have to be a really strong faithful thing it can be just plodding along in life and mm -hmm. leaving someone as they're looking up for you so yeah okay thank you okay so yeah thank you for all of your contributions and thank you to everyone who sent questions in um this evening um it brings us along to our our final question this evening which was set to our panelists um, and this was um, where do you see the church modelling or reflecting the teaching examples in the passage? So where do we see the, the church living it out? Um, and anyone who would like to start on that one? 
Julia, have you got any thoughts? Um, not immediately. Um, maybe just continuing youth assembly and youth events and um, guiding young adults after youth assembly, showing them what they could do afterwards. Again, volunteering maybe to come back to youth assembly and being a leader or um, mm -hmm. things like that. Because I think especially after youth people, like youth assembly age, people feel quite lost and disconnected. And I think definitely pushing for 24 plus events and showing them what to do is, yeah, could be something. Yep, okay, thanks Julia. I think that we need to um, learn from uh, when, when he comes down and he's glowing and, and everybody's sort of like a bit wary, a bit, ooh, what's... Because sometimes when we come back from these events, we're all like, oh, yes, I know all these new songs. I've learned this and I've learned that. And the church are like, whoa, hold your horses. This is a bit much. Um, <laughs> but actually, we need to embrace that and, and use that um, to, to move forward. Like um, Stuart said, um, he said something to somebody once and then they just knocked him straight down. We need to learn to embrace the 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 shining in it and encourage it. Um, and like the person said before, sometimes we have um, a low when we get back. But if when we go back, people are willing to embrace and listen, they might not necessarily agree with everything we're saying. They might think it's a bit strange to begin with. Um, but if we just embrace it and, and then listen, listen to it, um, I think that's really important. And um, I think also um, what Julia said, that we have Fury, uh, not Fury, Youth Assembly, and then you sort of get 25, and that's a bit sort of like, for a lot of people, the, the drop in their, um, in how they feel, they've had all these great things, and then it's like, ooh, what next? So maybe that's something that we can we can look into as a 25-plus person um who has experienced that and is is still in that 10 years later um that um yeah maybe that's something we can look into but yeah keep keep embracing it even if you don't embrace it listen mm -hmm. that's the most important thing listen to people's experiences yeah and i think yeah both of you raised that point of how we support people and we've got lots of opportunities for young people and in and you mentioned Fury when you mentioned that was Fellowship of United Reformed Youth, which is now URC Youth. Um, and how do we support people as they reach the upper end of that? The URC, that's something that the URC has recognised. And in the last few years, they set up the 20s to 40s task group specifically to think about how we can support those people within those age group, age range. Um, is that a, missing a gap within the URC that often... Um, people may disengage with the church and how can we support them as well so they've had those mountaintop moments if we bring it back to this is being involved in in youth events how do we support them and enable them to be involved in, in it's in, not just 24 pluses it's you said the word disengage which made me think how do we re-engage the disengaged that's what we uh, need to look at and think about maybe yeah. I think I was struck by Tamara said kind of what next and I think that could be a kind of mantra for us a little bit you know when I look back um, over the different events that the URC's put on over the years there's been some great stuff that have brought people but we need to keep asking that question well what next um, you know there's the danger that we don't get stuck in there well we'll do this because we've always done this and we'll do it this way because we've always done it this way we need to keep asking what next what's what's going to bring this next generation their mountaintop experience what's going to bring the, you know, 20 to 40s, their mountaintop experience, what's going to be in the 40s to 60s, their mountaintop experience, you know, and, and so on. So what next? What do we need to keep looking for and challenging being open to and being open to how God might be working through the church? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that's a good thing to, to be leaving our conversation on about what next, what are the next steps that we could be taking um, based on the things that we've been thinking about in tonight's conversation are there questions that is raised for you are there actions that you might want to take in your local church 
um, as well when we'd said about how can our churches enable children and young people to share their experiences and empower them to to use the things that they learn and the, the things that they get learn from those experiences so yeah what next and how can we support people of all ages in um, in the local in our local churches and in the united reformed church so i'll leave that with people to think about um so thank you to all of our panelists thank you for everyone who watched um this evening and for sending in their questions um you also got the opportunity to send in ideas for themes for future episodes so we want to hear what you would like our panelists to be talking about so you again you can send those in on slido um, there's an opportunity now or on the trialogue facebook page you can share your thoughts and comments and also going forward in this series of trialogue we want to be involving you as well um, and groups, uh, youth groups. So if you've got a youth group at your local church or a group of friends who want to be involved in Trialogue by send, gathering and sending in questions during the episodes, then let us know. We'd love to involve some groups on different synods in being a in sending in questions for our panelists and shaping the discussion. So um, get involved via the Trialogue Facebook page. Um, next episode it will be in two weeks time we've moved to a fortnightly episode so it will be in two weeks time hosted by Ruth White from Wessex Synod and the panelists will be looking at the topic of being a digital disciple and looking at um, the book Matthew 28 in that and we've got panelists will include Abby Orsop and Stuart Cutler as well from Scotland um, so yeah please do join us in two weeks time for that next episode um, and thank you for being involved tonight we will um, finish tonight's episode in a short time of prayer so let's pray dear lord thank you for our time together this evening for the opportunity to discuss and reflect on your word we give thanks for all the opportunities that children and young people have to at festivals and events and for the significant moments the mountaintop moments that they, they have there whether that is the high mountaintop moments or whether that is something the size of a molehill we give thanks for the opportunities and the way that you are able to work in each of our lives amen, amen. okay so thank you and good night everybody.